As has been noted previously, what a marked blessing it is on this particular day to come together to offer worship unto the marvelous and great God of heaven and to do so with a full confidence and assurance that His Word can lead us into the ways that worship Him in truth and in spirit in the language of John chapter 4 verse 24. As was mentioned earlier, we are so very appreciative of our membership at Pippin for being here today and that things are as well with your health and mine to permit that. And also for the host of visitors who have come our way today, we're so delighted you're with us. We hope that the service will be uplifting and more than anything else will draw each of us to a proper function of worshiping God as He so richly and rightly deserves. It is true that as we come to this particular Sunday, it of course is a very special day in so many ways. Some thoughts about the lesson today probably will be suggested already by its title. The Year in Review. The text that was read a moment ago in Psalm 27, the closing verse to that chapter, reminds us about the impressiveness and the pertinence of waiting upon the Lord and experiencing His blessings. And it is easy to see that each of us have been so magnificently blessed in so many ways. This lesson will focus more than anything on the church as a whole. And so some introductory comments might set us on our path. This is the 52nd Sunday of the year 2013. Fifty-two Lord's Days have come and you and I are able to enjoy and appreciate by memory the opportunity that has been ours to gather, to assemble, to offer worship as the God of heaven has commanded. And it's easy to us say that many things have happened in our physical families and in the church family here at Pippin this year. There have been occasions of success and celebration, occasions of jubilation and happiness, and there have also been occasions of loss, occasions of sadness, and occasions of, in some sense, discouragement. As with each family, though, we tend, I think, today to consider the great blessing as the middle part of that slide and onward suggests. When you think back with me over the past 12 months, what are some things that can be said about the Pippin Church of Christ? What are some things that would help us understand and perhaps think more carefully about what God has wrought? It is true in Numbers 23-23 that the ancient man Moses of old said, What God hath wrought! I believe by the time we close this lesson, we'll each appreciate acutely what God hath wrought. As we move from that slide to the next... One of the things about the lesson as it closes will be this. I hope it will prepare us to anticipate with renewed excitement, with renewed vigor, and with renewed enthusiasm what may lay ahead in 2014. But with that said, let's start first with a review of 2013. The Pippin congregation, this Pippin Church of Christ, off which you and I are a part, these are some things that are easy enough now to say. You and I will have met together 211 times for periods of worship during the year 2013. In so doing, that directly brings us to bear the appreciation of passages like these, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Those words of Hebrews 10.25 still help us see we've done that over 200 times by virtue of assembly. Mutual opportunities to first magnify the name of God, but also on those occasions to encourage one another. 
our brothers and sisters who are struggling, those occasions afforded us a sweet opportunity to help bear their burdens and encourage them on the most precious path of all. You'll notice beyond that, during the times of those assembly, did you realize you and I have sung over 1,000 songs collectively? Over a thousand times we together lifted our voices, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, Ephesians 5.19. As we've done that over a thousand times, think about the words of those songs. Think for just a moment about how many precious sermons were preached as you and I together sang those songs in such a loving and excited way. In addition, point number three, we have entered into prayer together over 600 times in the year 2013. I suspect that in comparison to the total number of private prayers we may have offered, that number is just such a small fraction, but still it is significant that 600 times approximately you and I have prayed together for the things that are most mattering to us as members of the body of Christ, for the work of the Lord, for the character of blessings upon those that are ill or sick, for the great blessing of our children and how much we hope they can be brought to recognize the walk with the Lord. 600 times. Didn't Paul say in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing? And this helps us appreciate we've attempted in our services to do that very thing. You'll notice next is a matter of the collection. This congregation, during the period of 2013, has contributed roughly $138,000 to the work of the Lord. Money to be dedicated and devoted to carrying out the work of God here and in other locations, by way of evangelism, by way of benevolence and edification, to do so for the express purpose not to bring the credit to ourselves. That's the last thing on our heart and mind but to recognize that all the credit belongs unto the Lord. We're thankful for the opportunities God has given us for that first day of the week collection, and we shall have opportunity later today to engage in that very matter yet one more time. It might be of interest to notice that in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, the church in Corinth was admonished in that regard, and we, with excitement, look forward to the same even today. You might notice that we've been blessed with an increase. That's about 1.5% increase over this same time last year. God has indeed looked upon us with blessing. Even in the midst of difficult times economically, members of the body of Christ still consider it a blessing to be able to give as they have been prospered and to do so with a cheerful and ungrieving heart. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 and 7. Might we in fairness say next on the list, we together will have heard 158 sermons and or devotionals. 158 times we had the privilege and yea, the high honor of being exposed to the teaching of the Word of God with truth, with sincerity, and with love. We're told in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. We're also reminded in Ephesians 4.15, that we always should strive, and those men who have filled this pulpit have done so admirably, to speak the truth in love. It is our desire to hear the truth, and a lot of it, isn't it? For that is the only thing that shall in fact lead to the salvation of yourself and myself, 
and will allow us to walk in such a sweet way through this life, hand in hand with the God of heaven. You'll notice that totals roughly 67 hours of instruction. 67 hours of instruction. As you pause for just a moment to think about how many hours that is, may we not lose sight of the fact of how honorable we can be to think about that many hours of Bible instruction. Our world so often presents instruction in other things, but what a powerful 67 hours. May we never forsake or take it for granted. You'll notice next on the list, 104 Bible study classes that total roughly 61 hours. If you add that number to the one above, you'll notice we're at 128 hours of total Bible instruction. And that, of course, ranks higher by far than, let's say, a typical semester at a college or university. You and I have been schooled beautifully in the knowledge that's most significant and that truly is eternal in nature. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, with reference to the great word of God, The words that I speak unto thee, they are spirit and they are life. Didn't the psalmist say in Psalm 119, verses 15 and following, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself also in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. You can see that emphasis is lifted high by those that love the Lord and His Word. And in this year, many hours, you and I have been able to devote to that very activity. Our list continues. During the year of 2013, we have been blessed with 23 precious souls who have come before us making confession of sin and desiring to renew relationship with the God of heaven. They had been baptized at some previous point in life and recognized the need for rededication, the need for restoration. And 23 times we were able to shed either a literal or proverbial tear at one whose sins were forgiven coming back to the side of the Master. That's a sweet observation, isn't it? In Acts chapter 8, verses 20 and following, we notice that Simon did that very thing and we had the privilege of witnessing and participating and approaching God in prayer on those 23 occasions for those precious individuals. In addition, this congregation has sponsored a number of works that benefit our community, both here and in fact the community globally. First of all, our radio work. We sponsor a program, as you may well remember and know. It's called The Lord's Word. It airs on WLIV Radio, AM 920, and it does so on Tuesdays right after the morning Gainsborough News. Some total over this year of a roughly 13 hours of Bible instruction have been set forth. Some of the lessons over this year called attention to the uniqueness of the church, the grandeur of what the Lord purchased with His blood and how it's distinct from what so often man considers. During those lessons, we've also given thought to the nature of what the Christian life demands, how that it calls us to holiness and godly living and requires us to shun those attributes of the world. You'll notice in addition, the Challenge to Think program. We also sponsor that one, one Sunday a month. It airs the first Sunday of each month on WHUB AM 1400. You'll notice here totaling roughly five hours of Bible instruction on those respective radio programs. 
you'll notice some total brings us then to about 18 hours of instruction. We don't know how many precious individuals heard and how many listened and how many were agitated or bothered by what they heard and how many opened the Word of God to see whether those things were so, Acts 17, 11. But we can certainly trust that there were some who listened and who heard with interest and who turned their attention perhaps more closely to the things of the Word of God. Next on our list, we come to a number of missionary efforts I've listed these in somewhat quick fashion, but you'll notice Brother Ron Gilbert, he was just with us but a little over a week ago and shared with us about the trips he's made with his family to Africa and the trips also to Australia and Malaysia and other places. We've had a part to play in leading precious individuals to understand the unadulterated truth of God. That is a marvelous work, isn't it? But that's but one of these others. We've sponsored Curry Montague and his efforts in the nation of Hungary over in the eastern part of Europe. Curry continues under, in some cases, difficult circumstances, but the work, as he has shared with us of late, continues to go well. There's also Brother Robert Oliver who shared with us the car that was read just a moment ago in Clinton, North Carolina, and the work that we attempt to sponsor there even though that is in our own country still. The church is so very weak in that area. Brother Robert continues his work there. There's the work in India, Brother Jack Cunnicutt and others who have made trips to that location, continuing to preach with power and might. The Mountain View Congregation here in Tennessee where Brother William French, who visited with us in October, thanked us for the continuing financial support of that church. I make all those statements just to remind us about some of where those funds that we contribute are sent and the good that it continues to be done. You'll notice next on our list, many times, you may not be aware of all the specific details, but there are individuals who approach our elders. And they do so stating financial need or other difficulties in our elders in their studied fashion, provide funds to assist and to help them. As you'll notice near the bottom of that slide, and perhaps as you well remember, Brother Tom Holland was with us in May in a superb and soul-stirring series of gospel meetings. Many shared thoughts about how much his lessons meant to them. Many copies of of those lessons were shared by many and even on the website. May I say, we had a part to play again in spreading the gospel locally and doing so in a fashion like that one. Among the other ways, this present year we added a website, www.pippincoc.com. And on that website, we have a number of resources for individuals all over the world to consult and to, in fact, consider what the Word of God teaches. As you give thought to that, we've come together for occasions of regular meals and fellowship. We've even made improvements to our building. You can think about even the nature of all of that, and it brings us to yet another slide. You might ask about our attendance. It was mentioned in prayer a moment ago, in thanksgiving to God for the nature of the blessing of growth He has provided. Here are some numbers I would invite you to consider. Our average attendance at the worship hour this year rose to 99.3. That means it stands significantly at 7% more than last year. 
May we each pause for a moment and say that glory rests with God above and no one else. It is true that as we strive to present the Word of God, it's the truth that will prick men's hearts and it's the truth that will touch the lives of men and women. But we are thankful for those that come our way. We always invite them to consider what the Pippin Church stands for and what it offers. Those numbers illustrate that in six years' time, our attendance is some 28% larger than it was then. To God be the glory. In light of those numbers, look at the Bible study hours beneath. Our average attendance at the Bible study was 83.4. That's a 13% increase from last year. Furthermore, our average attendance on Sunday night, 73.7. Again, almost 13% larger than last year. Wednesday evening, a 17.5% increase to 68.4. Isn't that wonderful? That there are individuals who love the location of where the Word of God is preached and taught, and they love the things that take place. We can only hope, of course, that that increase will continue on into the next year. At this point, might I ask that we give thought that there have been a number to place their membership with us in the year 2013. I won't list those names, but you know who you are. We're thankful for you. We love you and we're glad you're here. It is true that as others visit with us, there may be additional ones in the months that lie ahead of us. But in each and every instance, it is the attraction to what the New Testament teaches. That attraction brings us to the next observation. There are those who no longer are amongst us. They have passed from this life, and I know that, like myself, your mind rushes to them. We miss them. We're thankful for the truth for which they stood. We're thankful for the great power that they worked among us in standing for the truth at every hand. We don't know what awaits us in that regard in 2014, admittedly, but you'll notice that these numbers that I've tried to list, these numbers that you've just seen put before you, they are but a brief summary sketch other things might well have been noted. Numbers, though, don't tell the whole story. Numbers don't state everything that there is to be known. But I would say that they do point us to how this year concludes and how the next one hopefully will go. It's at this point I would like to ask all of us for some reflective thoughts and also some anticipatory ones. What is your goal personally in mind for the year 2014? We all know that today being the 29th day of this month of December, if God blesses things until Wednesday, the January the 1st of 2014 will be here. What do you and I look forward to? Do we have a vision for the next year? Do we have an objective, a goal? Or are we going to just aimlessly walk through the year and hope that all turns out well? I believe we each realize that in the family, in the workplace, an objective, a goal, typically is much more likely to be recognized and understood when we make efforts toward that end. Here are some thoughts for a congregation that seems so very powerful. The, second, the book of 2 Peter closes like this in 2 Peter 3.18. We read about the greatness of growth, in the nature of the knowledge and characteristic of the Son of God. Growth. You've just heard me mention a moment ago numbers that made description of the growth in attendance at our services. 
be it the Bible study hours, be it the worship hours, and again, how thankful we are for that growth. But what about 2014? Do you and I anticipate an exceeding growth, a continued blessing in that regard and in that way? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Our elders, and all of us, I'm sure, have in mind the thought of a continued close walk with the Lord, and we desire a congregation who lifts high the banner of truth on every hand. Some of these verses come so quickly to mind. It sounds so lovely, doesn't it? I want to have a stronger faith in the year 2014. Well, how's that going to happen? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans chapter 6, or rather Romans 10 verse 17. It's safe to say that an increased faith will not happen apart from a thorough dosage of the Word of God. A relationship, an ongoing walk with the Lord as we read His Word and allow Him to give us statements and commands out of it. You'll notice that brings us to the last observation of that particular section. It was mentioned in the announcements this morning about the Bible reading plan. And Brother Jonathan was so kind to share with us for this year a Bible reading plan that led us from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 as we read through the Word of God. Next year, with the encouragement of our elders, I'm going to attempt to change that slightly, but to hopefully improve it in the following fashion. There's a Bible reading plan that, of course, now comes before us. And you noticed in the bulletin today that come January 1, we'll begin our reading again. But the reading will be slightly different. There will be a reading each day from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that as we read through the Word, we aren't so distanced from the New Testament for longer periods of time. Every day, a smaller reading from the Old Testament and a smaller reading from the New and then beyond that, each Lord's Day, the lessons that are delivered, I will in fact use the text that we've read together the previous week as a basis for the lessons on that Lord's Day. So as we read those passages together, come each Lord's Day, we can come together in appreciation that we communally have read together those verses and are prepared to hear a lesson expounded out of those particular passages of the Word of God. So may I encourage you to read the Word with us. Use the Bible to note what to read each day from Old and New Testaments. And as Brother Lester mentioned, those particular passages I've tried to arrange in a fashion that links the associations of the books. And thus, as we read them, I hope, both Old and New Testament, we can see the intricacies. We can see the interrelationships perhaps more clearly. But each Sunday, both morning and evening, the lessons that you'll hear will be based on the readings of the past week. I hope as we all read the Word together, our faith indeed will grow exceedingly. And our relationship not only with that Word but with the Lord and our strength of life will only be a blessing and manifestation of our reading together of that Word. You'll notice at the bottom of that slide, it's not only important to look back. As you'll notice there... It's important to appreciate what good was brought forth in this past year and what we should cling to as the new year approaches as well. A thorough demand for the truth. You should realize that as so often I've heard it represented, our desire for the truth never wanes. 
Although there are places where the truth isn't so highly desirable. More of desire is the things that make us comfortable and the things that demand little change. We should be thankful for a congregation and an eldership that demands the truth, nothing more and nothing less. I would encourage all of us to appreciate that that's what the church is, isn't it? What was it that the Apostle Paul wrote so wonderfully to his protege, to his young son in the faith, Timothy? In 1 Timothy 3, verse number 15, Paul wrote, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church, my friend, and you and I know it well, is the pillar and ground of the truth. If those in the Pippin community, if they wish to find the truth, learn the truth, know the truth, this is where they'll find it at a group of people who love and honor it and who are demanding nothing but it. And so, as I strive to present to us messages of the Word of God, and as others who fill in for me do the same, it is our desire and our love for the truth. The church is the pillar and ground of it. As you and I hold high that consideration, it brings us to that next thought. We do, however, just like Paul, recognize that this past year is now behind us. We cannot simply rest on the successes that we've enjoyed. That's not the gospel way. Those successes only brighten our heart as to the fact that God did work among us and that we can rest assured He shall do so if we shall be faithful to His cause. You'll notice that that matter highlighted in those verses of Philippians chapter 3. Beginning in verse number 7, Paul was able with such amazing strength to write about the greatness of what change and what transformation had occurred in his life. He spoke in verse numbers 12 and 13 then about looking forward unto the new. He didn't grasp or hold on to what had rested behind, but rather looked forward with great anticipation to what God would bring about in the days that were ahead. May I suggest we have every right to be just as confident as He. Didn't we read in Philippians 4 verse 19 that God shall supply all your needs through our Lord Jesus Christ? Are we not able to read in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It is true, isn't it, that the power and the positive structure of those are based not on our abilities. Woe isn't to me if it was to rest upon me, but it rests upon the truth of God. And a group of people who love the Lord and love His Word more than anything else, that's what we want to cling to and to demand as we move into the year 2014. You'll notice in light of that, we have such a host of promises. I would ask you to note them with me. These promises have supported, encouraged, edified, and strengthened many an individual and certainly many a congregation. In Romans 8, 28, Paul with such power was able to write about the nature of those that love the Lord and that they are drawn close and near unto Him. And in so doing, that leads us to perhaps those last two. The text in Proverbs especially I'd like you to note it with me for just a moment. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Did you notice the presentation? Trust the Lord with all thine heart. You and I aren't interested in selfish ambition. We aren't interested as a congregation in drawing the limelight to ourselves, for that has led many a congregation into sin and into apostasy. But when we have the desire only for the Word of God, for what it, what it teaches and what it supports, we can rest assured God will be in that number. And they will be a properly directed congregation under the ways of God. No wonder the psalmist admonished us in Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5 about the nature of that idea as it challenges us yet again with the nature of what this year may hold. It may be fair as we come near the close before we look at those last verses to insert a small comment. I realize that there's always a measure of uncertainty as we give thought to the future. What will six months from now bring? Ten months from now? With specificity, you and I can't say. I may not be here. My life may have passed by then, and so too may be that may be true for you. But we can rest assured that for a congregation that rests upon the truth of the Lord, whether I'm here or you are here, a congregation grounded on the truth will remain. Daniel was told very explicitly these words in Daniel 2.44 that once the kingdom of God was established, it would never be destroyed. There's a group of people here that love the Lord and His truth. And that's described in passages like Mark chapter 12, verse 30. When Jesus was asked the greatest of the commandments, without any pause or hesitation, He could say, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. The second commandment like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. On these hang all the law and the prophets. And we today recognize that Jesus continued in His preaching ministry when He said, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. We are intent at Pippin in the coming year to keep His commandments. To in fact allow the Word of God to reverberate in our thought and our heart as we read through the text of the Bible this calendar year, as we do so with a desire to improve our Bible knowledge and use it to better employment to lead others to Jesus. We have every right to expect great things of ourselves because God can bring those things about. In 1 Corinthians 3 verses 7 through 9, Paul said, We are God's husbandry. It is God that works through us. Paul felt that way, didn't he? And so too did Peter. As you close that slide and come to Colossians 3.17, may I say in some ways it's summarized by the powerful remarks of Colossians chapter 3. In the midst of this beautiful set of ideas relative to the church in Colossae, Paul said, Whatsoever you do in word or deed... Do all the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by Him. We are thankful for what 2013 has meant, what it's done for the work of God that has taken place among us. But did you notice, as long as we continue beneath the banner of His authority, doing all things with a thus saith the Lord with book, chapter, and verse to substantiate it, we can recognize God is indeed among us. We are known by Him. And we can rest assured that heaven, if faithful till death, will be our eternal destiny. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, for many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I say unto them, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's not enough to think that we know God. What's vital is, does He know me? And does He know us? And if we continue with a thus saith the Lord, operating on His authority, we could rest assured that He knows us. I hope that that has been an encouragement to each of us relative to the coming year, for it soon shall be here. As we come near the close of this lesson, let us close it with these very simple concluding remarks. The year in review, we listed by way of numbers several thoughts about 2013. The numbers, again, as interesting as they might be, don't come close to telling the whole story. But as we anticipate the new year, we do hope the story is a good one. And we're confident it shall be if we're members of the body of Christ and if we continue faithful until death. Does that describe you today? If you are in a position in which you know that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, but you have never been baptized, don't lose sight of the fact baptism is the one and only biblical way in which we are taught that we contact His blood and have our sins washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. If that would characterize you today, my friend, you're in danger, eternal, everlasting, pitiful danger. Why not make it right today? There are times that you and I may have seen individuals respond to the gospel and tears stream down their face because they're so happy. It's not tears of sadness, it's tears of joy. As they respond, knowing their sins are washed away in baptism, they arise a new creature in Christ, and in so doing begin a walk with Him. Romans 6 verses 3 to 5. Today, that could describe you. What better way to start 2014 would there be than that? If we can help you in that way today... The plan of salvation demands from the Lord Jesus Himself that you believe Him to be the Son of God, John 8, 24. That you repent of the sins in your life, meaning you turn aside from them with an intent to commit them no more. You, in fact, loathe and abominate sin and you wish to be no longer associated with it. That repentance commanded in Acts 2, 38. You then audibly confess the full belief of your heart that you believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God. That confession commanded in Matthew 10, verses 32 and following. And then you're simply immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins. In so doing, you rise a new creature in Christ. It's an operation of God, Colossians 2.12, and it is what saves you, 1 Peter 3.21. If at that point you stumble and fall and you disgrace the name of Christ and the church by things known and done publicly, why not come back to your first love? Simon did. 23 others in this past year have done it. You could make another number to draw yourselves nearer unto God. Today, if we could pray with you and for you, why not today? Why not now? While together we stand and while we sing.